Welcome to Creating Space for Grief and Hope with Advanced Grief Recovery Specialist Holly Gainsborough and Creative Grief Coach Elizabeth Catagnani. Here you'll find support, wisdom, stories, and practical tools for your unique healing journey. This is where grief and hope coexist and empower us as we heal and grow. And now, your hosts, Holly and Elizabeth. Hi, and welcome to Creating Space for Grief and Hope. This is Elizabeth Catagnani, founder of Her Creative Wellness and Certified Creative Grief Coach. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Holly. Holly, it's so great to be back here with you again. And it's great to be with you as well, my friend. And this is Holly Gainsborough, founder of Golden Heart Grief Support and Education, Certified Grief Educator and Support Specialist. And welcome, listeners. So, woohoo! It's almost New Year's. It's almost New Year's Eve. Yay! How many grievers aren't looking forward to New Year's Eve or 2024? That can happen, and that's normal. So whether it's your first New Year since your loss, or it's been several years, New Year's Eve can be loaded for many reasons. It can be activating even for those who haven't experienced a significant loss or life event. We're conditioned to believe that we need to celebrate, go to parties, be invited somewhere, drink, and rejoice. Ah, society. And all those expectations and rituals. So what does that mean if you are grieving? Or someone you know is grieving. I remember my first New Year's Eve after Stephen's death. It was just three weeks after he died. And I wasn't invited anywhere because people assumed I would say no. And they were right. But for anyone listening who isn't sure whether to include their grieving friends or family members to their event, do it. Give them the option to decide. Because it's really nice to know that we are being thought of. Grief is hard. Grief is isolating during regular moments, and much more so over a holiday. Knowing that we aren't forgotten means so much. My first New Year's Eve, it was a Friday night, and we're talking 2010. Uh, It was Friday night, and I went to our synagogue for services. Then I picked up chicken wings to enjoy with my son, Derek, or our son, I should say. I still call our children our children because Stephen is no longer here doesn't mean he's not a part of both of us. Our daughter was at a friend's house and it was just a really hard night. I remember all the New Year's we had celebrated together before. We had done lobsters and we have friends over and we do really early nights because the kids were young for a while there. And then as they got older, they had friends over and we would just do our own thing with other couples. So that first one really, excuse my language listeners, it sucked. And Truth be told, I have never been a big fan of New Year's Eve and all the expectations that surround it. Elizabeth, I know you have your own New Year's stories to share. It's interesting because when you first asked me what my first New Year's Eve was like after Brian died, I honestly could not remember. (laughs) It took me a while to think back. And I think that's pretty common too with having gone through a trauma is often we forget things along the way. And I just, was thinking, gosh, that seems like it should be a significant holiday. I should remember. It did finally come to me, but it took me a little while. What I recall is I ended up going to a New Year's Eve concert to see an orchestra with a friend of mine. And it was actually just what I needed in that moment because it was soothing, you know, just beautiful music surrounding me. Uh, It was an older crowd. 
So just being around a mature audience. And, you know, I was uh, 20, I think I was 27, 28 at the time. So a lot of people my age were probably going out to clubs and going to crazy New Year's Eve parties. And I just wanted peace. I just wanted to feel peaceful. And so we, I just did something different that year. And it was, it, it was going along with just what I felt that my mind and my heart needed at that time. And it was very comforting. And I just sort of let the music envelop me. And I remember cheering up and feeling the grief and the sadness, but also just feeling uh, just a deeper inner sense of just comfort doing what I knew felt right at that time. And I've kind of continued to do that now moving forward with every holiday, like with New Year's. Often now I'm at home on my couch (laughs) and I feel zero guilt around that. I don't feel like I should be out doing anything more uh, than that at this point in my life. I feel perfectly content just being with my loved ones and hanging out with my husband and we do our little cheers at midnight and (laughs) and that's perfectly fine for me. I don't need to get dressed up and go out every time and I think we all need to just give ourselves that permission to celebrate in whatever way feels that resonates for us. And, you know, it's fun to see all the celebrations happening or hear about them. But if that's not your, where you're at, you, you shouldn't feel the pressure to force yourself into those situations. And, you know, the new year will come around again and again, and every year it can look completely different. So mm-hmm. that's something that I love is just being, as long as I'm with someone that I love and care about and I'm feeling cozy and at peace. That's, that's what really matters and always setting an intention. Uh, I used to do resolutions and then I, over the last few years, switched to doing intentions. I just felt that that resonated for me more. So often I'll come up with one or two intentions for the year ahead. It's not putting a ton of pressure on me or my life situation. I'm just putting out good vibes for the year ahead. And so I'll usually say them out loud with whoever I'm with and we'll just each share what our intentions are for the year. So those are just the thoughts that came to me when I was thinking about how we celebrate after loss and, and how every year can look different and you can light a candle for your loved one that you're missing or your loved ones that are not there. And there's ways to bring their energy into the situation, even though they're not there for the new year ahead. I think that first year, uh, that was only about five, six months after um, I'd lost my husband that New Year's Eve hit. So yeah, it's just really checking in with yourself and what's going to work for you and your situation. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that and, and reminding people that sometimes those memories are blocked out a little bit and you had to go back. and. Re- so how was it for you to go back and retrieve that memory, Elizabeth, since you didn't remember when we last talked, I was like, I don't know, I have to think about that. What was it like to go back there and pull that memory back into the present? It was definitely emotional. Uh, I hadn't thought about that night, honestly, in quite a while. So yeah. thinking back to there and where I was and how much my heart, you know, my heart was hurting. Uh, the grief was so physical in my body at that point because it was so early and just that heaviness and Seeing the difference from there to now is, is very, just kind of interesting to, to take note of, you know, just where I'm at now, where I was about 14 years ago. 
And so a lot of it started to come back when I was like, oh, yes, the New Year's Eve concert. Now I'm, now I'm recalling, you know, kind of what I wore and how I was feeling. But it, it took me a while to, to, <laughs> to, to access that, which was interesting. Yeah. So that's just yeah. kind of how I think things unfold over time. We just kind of tuck them away. And uh, sometimes they just out of nowhere, you're like, oh, I remember that feeling and where I was and how it felt. Right. And it sits in the body, but, you know, listeners, we all sometimes have protective measures that we take to really cushion ourselves and cocoon ourselves from some of that pain. And that's really normal. So along, and as Elizabeth talked about resolutions, um, along with New Year's comes the pressure of making resolutions. So I, too, do not do resolutions. I feel like when we make resolutions, we only are going to set ourselves up for failure and judgment of ourselves. So I set intentions of what, how I want and hope the year ahead will unfold and how I choose to feel. Some feelings, as we all know, we may not be able to choose and some we can. We get to choose our reactions to what happens to us. My husband, daughter, and I, we create, and we've talked about this before in the past episodes, if you're regular listeners, we create vision boards. Every single New Year's Eve, we've been doing that for a few years. We save magazines throughout the year, get some foam core, get some glue sticks, and get our scissors out. And we each sit around our kitchen table and just pick out the pictures and the words that really resonate and speak to us and how we would like our 2024 for this year coming up to look like. And it's amazing how some of the things really do come to fruition. I'm actually looking at mine now, and one is, you know, what we did for 2023 is our dream home. And we are now in our dream home and writing. And I've been doing some writing and all sorts of things have come to fruition for me. And some not yet because it doesn't have to be that exact year. That is just something that I would hope for and would love to have. So think about what your traditions are and what new ones you may want to create. Because you may not want to do what you've been doing the years that your loved one was here. And maybe you do, and maybe you'll incorporate and integrate them in a different way. So what about you listeners? What about you and your New Year's Eve? Elizabeth, I know you have some questions about that too. Absolutely. It's, it's often helpful to think about, you know, what your own rituals are currently are, what you've done, or what you might consider uh, pulling into your evening and your experience of the holiday and so you might want to continue some things that you used to do with your loved one, or it's perfectly wonderful as well to just adopt some new uh, habits, new rituals, and celebrate in a different way each year. You can just change it up, and it's perfectly fine to go either way. I love to do the intention setting. Like, I love Holly. Love love to do that as well. I think that's really powerful, and if you want to just stay in your own home and stay in comfy sweats, watch movies, read a book. If you want to just kind of hide from the world for the night, that is perfectly acceptable. Uh, you need to just give yourself that permission to do what's going to feel right for what you need at this time. Uh, bringing yourself whatever comfort and peace that brings you just a sense of calm. And so just giving yourself that ability to say, this is what I need and to let those around you know uh, but if you're invited someplace and you want to go, that's perfectly fine too. If you want to go celebrate, you feel like connecting with others is going to bring you a sense of joy. Uh, you want to be in a more festive atmosphere. That is 
perfectly fine as well. It's just about what works for you. So I encourage you to do whatever is calling to you this year. And that should apply, I think, to any holiday, honestly. So we should all be able to do what makes us feel best and to give ourselves that grace, especially when we're grieving. And we know that holidays and New Year's can be challenging. And that's really normal. Whether your grief is new and raw or you're a seasoned griever, your loved ones have been gone for two years or more. Those dreams, hopes, and expectations of what the year was supposed to look like have drastically changed. I remember not wanting to go from 2010 to 2011. If you recall, Stephen died December 11, 2010, listeners. And I didn't want to go into 2011 because in my grief mind, my early acute grief, it meant that I was no longer going to be in the year that Stephen was alive. It probably didn't make sense to other people, but it made sense to me. So if you're feeling that way, listeners, know that's normal too. Yes, it can definitely be an odd feeling to feel, you know, just with holidays, I feel especially we feel this passing and marking of time. And that can really sometimes bring up emotions and feelings around, you know, I'm moving forward further away from this loss and this experience. And that can be an interesting thing to process, you know, just that feeling of time passing and your loved one isn't there where they were last time. And so it's just something sometimes we just need to kind of sit with and give yourself all the attention that you deserve. Step step back from your activities if you need to. Just remember to choose what's right for you. That might involve just sitting in stillness. And even though, even though that can sometimes feel a little uncomfortable, sometimes sitting in stillness can help us realize, okay, what's going to make me feel best right now? And you can find that by sitting quietly, by taking a walk, uh, doing some calming yoga. I love restorative yoga, especially. That's extremely soothing and calming for the body. It's not strenuous. Uh, if you love to draw or write, just doing these little creative movements or activities that can feel good for you. Uh, if you're not in a super cold climate, I love to take walks this time of year, especially on days when the sun's out and you've got that cooler air, you just can kind of bundle up and take a walk around your neighborhood or go to, into the trees if you have a nice wooded area and just being out around nature. Uh, those are things that I love to do this time of year, just especially in the winter months, I feel like we often don't get outside enough and get enough sunlight. So just getting a little extra vitamin D when you can, some fresh air when you can. And those little acts, those little things that you're doing for yourself can often have the effect of giving you just more of that sense of control uh, over your situation when you take those actions for yourself, which is also very important as well. Yeah. Yeah. I always say if, if you're outside, I tell clients this and, and group members, if you can touch a tree, like hug a tree, put your hands on the tree, that will really ground you and connect you to center. And it may not feel like you have control, but you have more than you realize. You really do. And you can take control and stand in your own control. I've heard from many who join the support groups that I lead, that they feel pressure, Elizabeth, to participate in the festivities of the holiday the insistence of family and friends to continue the traditions and that they must join them. Grievers want to feel that their pain is being honored, heard, and witnessed. So what to do? What to say? I know we've shared some responses and tips before, 
but they're definitely worth repeating. So here are some things you can say if your family or friends say, oh, no, you have to join us, or oh, no, your loved one wants you to be happy. Oh, no, we've been doing this for years. Oh, you know, we'll make it fun, or whatever they say. This is, if you're feeling you're not up for it, thank you so much for the invitation. I just don't know how I will feel on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or Christmas or whatever other holiday. May I let you know at the last minute? Or, I so appreciate you wanting to continue our family tradition, but I am needing some time to be home with my feelings and missing whomever you're missing. I promise I will be okay, and if I need anything, I will let you know. Trust that I will know what I need that I know what I need right now. I know that is what your loved one's name wants for me as well. And next you can say, we will have lots of New Year's to celebrate together. This one I am going to skip. I'm just not in the mood to celebrate. And I appreciate your love and understanding. That's very helpful dialogue, Holly. I love all of those. And those are great tools that you can use with, you know, when your loved ones approach you. And if you choose to be alone on New Year's Eve, perhaps you want to light a candle in memory or honor of honor your loved one in this way or write them a letter or a poem even. You might want to bring out your favorite hot beverage, thinking like tea or hot chocolate, uh, listening to calming music. You might have a loved one that had a specific song that they loved that you might want to play in their memory. Uh, and I'll, I love this one too, just going outside and sending them up a kiss (laughs) to the stars and if you're feeling the heaviness and you might just need to let yourself cry yell punch a pillow do anything that will help you release some of those feelings and that energy in a healthy way Uh, those are all things that are perfectly normal and helpful to do at times of year, at the time of year that this is that we're at. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And there's definitely no right or wrong way to do a holiday. So we encourage you to just be kind to yourself, honor where you're at, and just listen to what you need at this time. That's the most important thing. And I know because your feelings may be all over the place and that's perfectly normal. And there's, you should not have to force yourself in uncomfortable situations this time of year. So give yourself that peace to do what's going to feel right for you. And find your safe people. Find your support network. If you need to find a group to join, you know, online, find the network that works for you. There's a lot of online stuff. Find a friend, one buddy that you know you can reach out to and just say, hey, I'm not in a great place right now. Or you know what? I'm feeling really joyful in this moment. Can I share this moment with you? So we always say to find those people who really are on your team. Create your team of those people. So as we wind down from this episode, we want you to know that we are holding you in our hearts as this year is coming to an end. Christmas, tonight's the last night of Hanukkah that we're recording. And of course, New Year's. And wishing you a peaceful 2024. We thank you all for listening to the episode. Please remember to share, review, and subscribe. And we will return in February with a new episode. Thank you all so much.